Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Collective Conversation. With me, I have some incredible guests who also, because it's that season when all the leaves are falling, they're gonna answer the question, apple cider or pumpkin spice? So we'll go and get started to my left. Hi, I'm Kelsey, and I'm PSL all the way, which is pumpkin spice latte for people who don't know. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm Miley. I am definitely more of an apple cider person. I'm Quentin, and uh, I'm a I'm a PSL guy. I'm a pumpkin spice guy. Are you really? Yes. Don't you have a mug that says something about pumpkin spice? Yeah, on it? I I bought a mug the other day that said uh, pumpkin spice everything. So. <laughs> I need you to know that in that meeting, in that marketing, like team when they got together, you are not the person they thought. I am was definitely buy that not mug. the target <laughs> audience. <laughs> oh man, no! I walked into Hy-Vee today, and it was just pumpkin everything and i was like oh dang it's october mm-hmm. it's here and then in like a week christmas is stu- like christmas stuff is going to be out for it's sure. coming you guys all right so this is our very first uh, episode for what will be eventually the dating series that we will do in the future so quinn do you want to go ahead and get us started yeah so as we get started on this conversation about dating i think it's important to give us some biblical context for what exactly that looked like Uh, And I think what we fail to realize sometimes is that dating didn't exist when the Bible was written. Um, It was just arranged marriage. And I know that's kind of vilified uh, at this point, but um, I just want to break down what that looked like real quick. Uh, So essentially there would be two families uh, who did something, um, ran some kind of business, uh, and their, um, their business would benefit another family and that family's business would benefit theirs. Uh, and so they would marry their children, say to their son or daughter, hey, you're going to marry this person. Um, and then they did. And it was great. Yeah. Like uh, one example we got is uh, the story of Jacob and how he like worked for seven years in order to get this one, this one daughter of the man because I guess she was the better looking sister. Rachel. But, yeah. Well, yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Um, so he worked seven years for them. And then at the end of the seven years, ended up getting the um, other sister, Leah. Who is ugly. (laughs) (laughs) When our eyes are closed, I see you for what you truly are, which is ugly. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) That's from She's the Man, if you guys don't know. But yeah, that's (laughs) what Jacob thought about Leah. So Yeah, Yeah. so he had to work seven more years to get the actual sister that he actually wanted for his wife. Which is Rachel. But yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I... (laughs) I think definitely, I think Quentin hit the nail on the head when we vilify arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. And so when we try to read the Bible today and we try to think about like, what does dating look like? Like the Bible actually doesn't talk about dating. And so in that, it's in that moment where we're like, of course the Bible isn't relevant to my way of life, but the Bible talks so much about love and what it looks like for like a husband and wife to have that kind of a relationship. And it also gives you a really good idea of what you're looking for. Uh, as someone who is married to like a primary Hallmark movie consumer, Um, I'm kind of getting a vibe though that like the expectations when you're looking for somebody like is it fair of me to say that people even though they say they're not looking for that they're actually still kind of looking for like that the one mentality oh Oh, yeah do we believe in the one mentality do we believe in like what that hallmark stuff like that like hallmarky kind of a relationship oh yeah yeah. I did for like 23 years and how old are you 25 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but a lot of people have those high expectations that, like, these men that you see in Hallmark movies or Nicholas Sparks movies are going to be this kind of this way, but it's not real. 
like whatsoever. Like if you think about it, it's literally fiction. It's a fiction movie. Like it's not real. Men aren't really like that. And you have to find those non-negotiables that you, expectations that you have in your life. That. And I think that even starts from a young age. When we look at like a children's movie, Disney. Oh, like, Disney like, princesses. Like Disney princess yeah. movies, oh like gosh. Cinderella. Like, she just waits for her Prince yeah. Charming, and he mm-hmm. just comes out of nowhere and sweeps Little her off mermaid. her feet. Yeah. Little Mermaid. She finds this man, and then she changes everything about herself just to fall in love with that man. And even Beauty and the Beast. She just goes in, and he's really mean and kind of abusive in a way, and she's still... Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I can change him, and he magically changes, you know, but... That doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. But, yeah. Didn't yeah, I hear, like, um, not necessarily in early 20s, but, like, in later 20s, I'll be talking. Especially, I think there's a lot of cultural pressure on women to find somebody to get married. Oh, like, yeah. I don't think any guy goes home, except for maybe their grandma occasionally, but, like, goes home for Christmas or Thanksgiving and has to expect someone saying, hey, so you have a boyfriend yet? Like, is there somebody at work that you've met? Like, I think there's still a lot of cultural pressure on women uh, to get married. And I, I don't know necessarily, like I feel like sometimes women place that pressure on other women at a greater extent than maybe men do. If that's yeah. not true, I'll cut this out. Yeah, no, on other no, women and on true. themselves too. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend back home who literally had this timeline. And like once she hit 25, she was like having an ex- existential crisis because she wasn't married. She didn't have kids. Like she, like it was this whole shebang where it was like, I needed to be married for this long. I needed to buy, buy this time, by 25. And I was like, that's not how like life works. And it's like also your, like your mom and your grandmother always say that. Like I got that every single holiday. Why oh, aren't yeah. you married yep. yet? And like, it was to a point, like even with my sister, like I roll it off my shoulders and like, you know, it's whatever. But my sister, she's older than me and she, she's still not married yet and my grandma says that and it really takes she takes it to heart and shuts makes whole drama thing for a whole family but i don't get that because it's just like the women should support each other but sometimes we get those external external pressures i think that comes too from like generational differences Mm -hmm. like when i look at my mom my mom got married at 18 i think my grandma like her mom got married at 18 and Mm -hmm. so i think that's just something that they internalize and like well I got married young so shouldn't mm-hmm. you get married young too like what's the what's the hold up yeah That's my grandma got married when she was 16 yeah so I, my, yeah no go ahead Miley. okay yeah my family my family got married too young too like a lot of them did because of like military and stuff mm-hmm. but I agree with you Kelsey because it is like every time that we see family it's like oh are you dating anybody oh are, you know that kind of yeah. thing like my sister laughed when I actually started dating my current boyfriend because she's like, "Now you have the now you're gonna be put on the spot because every, you know it's gonna come up in family conversation. You're gonna mm-hmm. have dinner with somebody and they're gonna be like, "So you dating yet?" And yeah, yeah, it's just it's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So true. I think so. Between all that pressure that we can place on ourselves and pressure that people place on us when it comes to that, then there is that other pressure of I have to find the one, that perfect person. And so really quick around the table, do we believe, like, do you guys think that God created you and then created another person and that person was just for you? Like God made that person for you? No. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelsey, break that down. Okay, I think you've talked I, about this and you don't. Okay. We have some contradictions. Yes, we ones. have some. But we 
for me, like I'm in a huge love bubble right now. Love bubble. Love bubble. Love bubble. <laughs> because I'm engaged and like blah blah blah. But um, I just think that God put a amount of men in my life that are friends and fathers and don't give me that look, Grant. And <laughs> but they put a certain amount. And I feel like God knows who I was going to choose. Sure, yes, I chose my current fiancé. And yes, I chose all of that. But God knew that was going to happen. So I feel like he has a plan for our lives. And that is the plan. So yeah, I that's think, how I believe yeah, it. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is different than the God made one person for me. Which in mm-hmm. it itself is a very selfish statement. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. who are you? Like, It's a cultural statement, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, also, it's a super entitled statement yeah. i feel for like real. every millennial listening just cringe yeah mm-hmm. but the idea that like i love alex but i don't think god made alex and thought i'm making this person for grant and i don't think god made me saying i'm gonna make alex for grant like mm-hmm. i think he made eve for adam but mm-hmm. i think beyond that we never see that really form itself again in that kind of a relationship no. uh, but we put so much pressure oh. on not even the one like you're talking about but like mm-hmm. a predestined one but then you see I mean, we live in a society where we have so many different types of marriages that exist mm-hmm. today. Uh, I mean, we have an incredible developer who at a very young age, unfortunately, was widowed. And she would tell you, you know, she believed in the one, but she doesn't necessarily view the one anymore in the same mindset. Kind of similar uh-huh. to you. It's more like the one that I chose, the one that I pursue. Like, you treat that person as the one, as in the most important. And then also, this is going to, like, maybe make someone cry, but there's, like, three million more women than men. And that, like, I don't know a lot of math, but... That kind of tells me that not every single person's promised another person. For sure. I also think, like, we're not, yeah, like, I don't, I can't point to anywhere in the Bible that we are promised, like, hey, you're going to marry somebody someday. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And then, of course, you get into the whole subject of, like, free will, but that's touchy. That's also because the same friend that had the timeline for her life was also, like, what if the one person, like, it talks back to the one, and it's, like, that one that is destined for me but because I didn't make a choice to go out for coffee with at this specific time with this person then I missed it forever like mm-hmm. then you start talk, talking about that and that's just a whole other mess like yeah it's crazy it is yeah I think in this conversation we just place a lot of it sounds weird to say we place expectations on God that he never said that he was going to fulfill mm-hmm. and then we place expectations on us um, and so there's also like the other side of this conversation where as we're actively looking for a life partner or as we're actively in that pursuit, um, like singleness is a thing, whether you're single for 24 years and get engaged, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe you're like, for me, I got married pretty young. Um, Same. Yeah. But what even like most people in our generation, we're not going to get married until our later 20s, early 30s, and then even push kids having children further off beyond that. So there's this long season of singleness, longer than any generation has had before us. And so in that, how do we handle that well? And then is it, can we find contentment in singleness in the current season that you're in? Um, I guess I can kind of speak to that, my 24 years of singleness. Um, But yeah, I am human, like every other girl out there where I'm just like, a boyfriend and I have those moments but it got to a point towards the end like before I got engaged and met my current fiance that I felt like I needed to accept and like finally work on me find that contentment yeah yeah 
find that contentment being single. I'm like, I'm tired of chasing after these boys that aren't for me and don't like me. So Preach I'm girl. going to, <laughs> I'm going was, to yeah, be like, okay, that. God. I was like, I was like, okay, God, if you want him to come into my life, I know you will put him there. And if not, that's totally fine too. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'll be single. I'll live single and try to work on my relationship with you above chasing after those certain men slash boys. Yeah, that was a big thing for me too because yeah. I was in the same boat for 24, 25 years where it's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. But yeah, yeah where you yeah. have to like finally come to terms and be like, all right, I'll let yeah. you call the shots. And it's a freeing thing. Like sometimes a lot of girls out there, like I've told them, I'm like, sometimes you just got to come to terms like with being single, being okay. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yes, you have to. And once you do, it's a freeing thing mm-hmm. where you don't have to feel like you have to be any anybody for somebody exactly i think like a lot of things in our life we view singleness um as uh i think a bad thing uh and Mm -hmm. we're always looking to be somewhere else rather than being focused on where we're at and making Mm -hmm. the best of that Mm -hmm. situation uh, and always trying to well i wish i was here i still struggle that today even though i'm engaged i'm finally at that point and i'm like okay so we're gonna married can't wait for that have kids we're gonna have a labradoodle we're gonna have live in <laughs> live in a house and like all this stuff planned out but i still struggle with that can we talk about how you just described my life no <laughs> i wanted a labradoodle way before you got one you got a husky first she wanted it before it. it was cool yes before it was cool you can borrow mine anytime oh please Addie's so, so cute. <laughs> uh to kind of like put a bow tie on the first part of this conversation um we talked a little bit about the one and how um, it's kind of a disclaimer that sometimes Christians pursue and look for that topic, but pursuing the one in the sense of one that I will care for, the one that will be my spouse, and treating that person as the one um, Mm -hmm. and valuing them and elevating them in that way, I think is kind of what Kelsey was getting at, and I think we can all agree on. Um, But then from there, also, and every time we have these dating conversations, we're going to talk about singleness and how that applies. Because let's be real, if you're listening to a dating podcast, you're probably single. Yep. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, we're kind of going to focus on that a little bit more, but in the sense of when you guys think about negotiables and non-negotiables, when you're looking for somebody to date and eventually somebody to marry, um, how does that work? And then also, really quickly answer the question, do you think Christians can quote-unquote date around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to say it with more pride? Okay. Or? Well, yes. date around, we have to come to terms of what that means that's first. Because mm-hmm. yeah, culture nowadays thinks dating around is what? Sleeping, Sleeping around, around yeah. hooking up, whatever you want to call it. But when we think of it as actual dating, sitting down with somebody for coffee and getting to know them, then yeah, I feel like that is okay. What do you guys think? Because how else are you going to like not only meet people, but like get to know people other yeah. than, yeah. Yeah. I think it's helpful with, like we talked about, non-negotiables mm-hmm. and negotiables. I think it's really helpful with coming to terms with what are those for me? Like, what am I looking for exactly? Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. I think because it has dating around, sounds like sleeping around, we yeah, think it's it bad. I think also we all, like if you grew up in the church, there was that youth group in there that was that guy who every week had a different crush on a different girl or was a girl the other mm-hmm. way around, right? And it, it has like that bad, like negative connotation to it. But in all actuality, I would just say, like, be careful with your heart. Like, don't be dumb. Like, dating mm-hmm. around is not having, like, a thousand, like, six-month relationships. It's like, we got coffee twice, second time around, 
didn't vibe so well. And you take the pressure off of dating. I think there's so much pressure, especially in Christian circles and in that pursuit of finding that spouse. Like we went and got coffee and I'm already thinking about a June wedding. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like like, there's going to be a lot of people who go on first dates right now uh, who end up getting married this spring, as weird as that is. Mm. Um, Ring by spring. It's like, I think you put so much pressure on the first date that if you take that off of yourself, you take that off of the other person, you can just enjoy a cup of coffee cup of coffee with another one of God's children get to know him or her and just kind of be like you know we could be really cool friends but I don't see this being a romantic relationship Mm -hmm. and it ends up being a more enjoyable experience Mm -hmm. yeah well that was something like I always had like hoped for and it actually actually worked out that way with my current relationship but like to be friends first Mm -hmm. because then you know the person you know like how they work in either a group setting or like if you guys are just hanging out as friends, like mm-hmm. it's to me that was really important because you got to know that person without the pressure of oh well now we're dating. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and it's completely different going from like a friendship to a dating relationship because like, it's two mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. if you can see the person as a friend and then kind of weave into a dating relationship, mm-hmm. I think it's better. Yeah, I personally didn't like the whole dating around thing personally for myself because I rather. Um, be in a friend group and like get to know them in a group setting before I want to go one-on-one with them so yeah so personally dating around didn't wasn't appealing to me I didn't like going out hey how are you like it's just kind of awkward so and I'm an awkward person so I agree with you on that because yeah. like <laughs> yeah that's that's how I did it so so we want to develop these negotiables and non-negotiables right yeah um, what are yours what are mine? What, what does that look like exactly when we're trying to figure that out? What what kind of conclusions might we come to? I think we can all agree on one. Yeah. Yeah. It's non-negotiable. Like pineapple one. on your pizza. Hey. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are we okay. all pineapple pizza people? No. Yeah. Oh, I no. know. <laughs> Three of the four of us at this table? That's fine. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Evan like just got a little smaller. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, they have to be a follower follower of God and love Jesus and be a great man of God. Mm-hmm. So, or woman yep. of God. So, yeah. But other non, like, uh, one non-negotiable for me was serving. I really wanted my future person, future husband, future fiance to serve with me and to serve others and serve God at the same time in the church and everything. And that was one thing that was non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. But... What about you? Yeah, on that Mine. same kind of level of service. I kind of, like, feel that, too. Mm-hmm. But definitely be on the same level of commitment and, like, love of God. And that took me a while to, like, get myself there. But mm-hmm. then once I did, that's when I kind of was, like, starting to find people. Um, he's going to get a rise out of this podcast, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But definitely to have that in common, especially because it's such a big thing and it's such a big um like structure in life to be able to have and share that same kind of I don't know the word I'm trying to think yeah. of but yeah you understand path of life yeah mm. what are, what are yours Clinton uh like as far as non-negotiables go yeah mm. uh I think honestly uh two of the biggest ones one is like they have to be in relationship with Jesus Christ yeah gotta mm-hmm. love gotta love Jesus uh and the second one I think is like no major vices, no major like yeah. huge uh, life shattering sin issue kind that's of things. Yeah. yeah, that's valid. Addictions, mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, that that's a big one too, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. So we come up with this list. Uh, is it easy to stick to? Do you find? 
Has that always been an easy thing to stick to? I didn't make my list till right before I met Logan. See, and I never really made so. a like physical list because mm-hmm. the more then they could find it, and then they'll find out that <laughs> it's not them. <laughs> I mean, true, but I don't know. Hearing my friend go back and forth for so many years, like he has to be this tall, he has to have this color hair and eye color, yeah. and he has to be this kind of person and look this certain way. Like I think those are toad. Two different lists, like negotiables and non-negotiables as a list, and like the hair color of the person. Like I thought I was gonna. You would think. You would. Yeah, you would think. think. But isn't that like? I think it's the same list, and like our Mm non-negotiables are the thing. Like you have to. Like this has to be true, or like we're not dating, right? Um, But our negotiables then are the things like, for me, like they have to like sports or like board games. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a com- that's a separate list in and of itself, mm-hmm. right? That's really good. Yeah. I think sometimes I see people compromising because they're actually more in love with their non-negotiables. I mean, sorry, they're more in love with their negotiables and their non-negotiables. Yeah. Like, they're more excited that we love the same sports teams and she's stoked about board games than I am that she loves Jesus, yeah. that she gets to live in the truth and the freedom of what he did for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we view this as like a part of our life that's the most important thing. And then we meet another human being and we're just like, I really like this human being mm-hmm. and they're really cool. And I'm willing to compromise on what I thought was my number one and what I always said was my number one, either because they say they love Jesus or like they're more of a nominal Christian. Um, and then you become, you try to become their savior. Um, yeah. Like the number so of guys them. or girls I've seen who date a non-Christian thinking mm-hmm. that'll get them to come to the church. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, like, and this is like a real talk young adult podcast moment. Like, I know guys. Guys will do a lot of things to get what they want out of their girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And if that means going to church and playing that game, mm-hmm. I know I have plenty of friends who have played that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's the same thing that, like, the same reason why women do it. But I know for, in my own life, I've seen women who are. Change everything. Who, yeah, who change yeah. everything. And if this mm-hmm. guy says he loves Jesus, then I'll love Jesus because yeah. I want him to yeah. love me yeah. kind of a thing. For example, I went through a camo phase. A yeah. camo phase? Yeah, I really, really wanted a country boy. So I was like, I'm going to dress up in camo and wear cowboy boots to school every day. But how would he I see was you? not that person. Oh, yeah. oh funny. <laughs> <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> funny. But yeah, I was not that person whatsoever. I never hunted. At that point, I never shot a gun ever. So it's just like, what was, what was I doing? So figured that out yeah compromise is a big thing and i feel like that happens more with like the female population than it does with guys i don't know but i also going back to the same friend but like Mm -hmm. um where it's like oh they don't believe in this and this and this but it's the first person to really show me attention so i'm just gonna be like yeah i'll date you like i don't like a lot of stuff about you but yeah you're showing me attention so sure i've seen that in a lot of Mm -hmm. my girlfriends yeah so I think there's still compromise in the male population. I think it's just for different reasons. Mm-hmm. That's a different podcast. What are those yeah. reasons? <laughs> well, well, that's a different, that's a different, we'll go over that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so to put a bow tie on uh, part three of this conversation, uh, it can be really easy for us to compromise um, mm-hmm. what our primary non-negotiable is, which is our relationship with Jesus. I don't think it means we stop loving Jesus, but I think we make the relationship an idol we lift mm-hmm. that person up in a way where they were never meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so because we put them ahead of Jesus, mm-hmm. not even necessarily them, but the idea of the relationship ahead of him, that uh, we compromise on so many other things uh, in that. And then you end up trying to like 
like date them with like missionary dating and stuff like that and you're like hey I can be and it ends up just falling apart and then you end up stuck in a relationship you never should have been in because you compromise on other areas of your life you said you wouldn't be in uh, then there, there might be guilt and, sh and shame associated with that uh, I kind of want to wrap up this conversation um, just like in this season of waiting that you might be in or whether you're even engaged or newly married um, who are we becoming as people when it comes to like setting ourselves up to succeed for that relationship who are we becoming for that person because I think sometimes we have higher expectations for our future spouse or our current spouse or our future boyfriend or current boyfriend or girlfriend um, than we even have for ourselves so when I say that what what does that make you guys think about so Andy Stanley he's a cool pastor he says uh, he asks are you the person that the person you're looking for is looking for um, and essentially just breaking down this idea to like before I know who I'm looking for I have to know who I am um, and ultimately when I think about um, my marriage like I want to be the best version of myself for my wife and I want her to be the best version of herself for me I don't want to I don't want to compromise anything I don't want to um, not put my best foot forward that's, that's really good. Uh, as we were talking uh, before we started actually recording, um, uh, I thought about the statement, don't make someone else settle for you. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of people who are getting really frustrated because they can't find the right person. And if you can't find the right person or somebody that is ideal for you, there's other people around you and they don't look at you and see you as the ideal or right person for them as well. And I think we put so much pressure on the other person. Like, man, I hope that they have a really long streak in the YouVersion Bible app. And I hope that they know how to, you know, they can play a guitar and lead us in worship. Like, mm -hmm. we have a lot of these weird expectations when it comes to, like, Christian cliches and just who are they becoming as a person. Like, I want them to have a job, and I want them to have, like, dreams and aspirations and desires and goals, and you yourself don't have any of those things. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be a shame for you to set someone else up to settle for you. Um, and then fi wonder why there seems to be discontentment later in the relationship. Um, Miley, Kelsey, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, well, I like like I said before, I met Logan. I already said his name once on here, so I'll just say it again. Um, before I met Logan, I like really it was that summer before like my first boyfriend we broke up but I felt like I really need to refocus and focus on God and like Grant can attest to this I went into his office multiple times saying what kind of books you got for me and like there's this one called kill the spider which is so good and it's so about good. like the enemy so the good. spider inside of you that like you just need to kill and did you ever give that back yeah and I bought my own oh yeah okay. yeah I give that back yeah. um but yeah I went through all these different devotionals like going through the struggles and like different things. I even went through like a day devotional that's for like you and your dude, but I just went through it myself and I was just like, hmm, how can I portray a godly relationship and how can I fix myself to portray it too? And that's what she said in, um, it's a Jordan Lee Dooley one, but that's what she said in that devotional too, that you need to work on yourself and your relationship with Christ before you can even, uh, put those expectations and stuff on your future spouse so yeah because I know we had mentioned earlier before we were recording that it was like are you the Christ follower that you want your spouse to be mm -hmm. so like to work on that and work on that relationship uh personally yeah same kind of thing it's like I tried to 
kind of do it all myself and be like, ah, it's fine. I can, I can find a, a suitable partner and not have to worry about like, you know, what God has to say. And it's like, you can't, cause then it's just going to kind of crumble around you without that support. And so kind of stepping back and being okay, I need to work on myself in order to make myself more suitable for whoever is in the plan. But yeah. it's a process. I'm yeah. not going to lie to anybody. But it is a process. It took me 24 freaking years. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, we're talking about this in the context of singleness, but even when you are, like, dating somebody, that's not permission to stop improving yourself. Oh, no, oh, yeah. yeah. There's always the question, is like, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. Or is there anything that I need to work on to, yeah. like, make you feel more, yeah. you know, appreciated and loved kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Because that's the worst thing you can do is get into a relationship and stop trying to better yourself. Yeah, like me and Logan right now, we try to find the better in ourselves like grow together in our Christ relationship but also we try to grow alone and we encourage each other for through that so yeah so we never stop growing even after you're dating Mm -hmm. married everything so yeah I'll go ahead and close with this Uh, I think the last kind of disclaimer on this one is like there are other people who are for you in your relationship uh, maybe in ways you never thought about Uh, Alex who is this woman that I convinced to marry me who's way out of my league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody disagreed. That hurts. True. Uh, (laughs) She's older than me. And to put it in the context, her parents have been praying for me longer than anyone else has been praying for me because from the moment she was born, um, and I don't think they've ever stopped, they've been praying for who will her future spouse be. And they would go before God on whoever that would be his behalf. And that's, that's a really profound statement when you think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might not seem like it. And, like, if you don't have parents who uh, love Jesus, um, that's, it's, it's different. But marrying someone who has parents who love Jesus, um, and I know that they've been in my corner for long before I knew their daughter, is a really, really big deal. Um, and so I think it would be really awesome if you married somebody who is so committed to Christ that you could be praying for your future kids' spouses long before maybe that child is even conceived. So with that, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Collective Conversation as we stepped into a series of conversations on dating, and we're looking forward to launching more of our dating-related topics in the future. Uh, If you liked what you heard, if you enjoyed what uh, we were talking about, please subscribe, like, follow us, however you want to do that. You can find us on Stitcher, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Breaker Podcasts, on Pocket Casts, who I hope sponsors us, um, and also wherever podcasts are available except for Android. I'm sorry. But thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week.